Introducing the Aging Room Quattro Nicaragua JR 50th. One of the highest rated cigars in the industry is now available in a special rounded torpedo size. Celebrate our 50th anniversary in style with this iconic limited edition smoke, only available at JRCigars.com. Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Massa Sensei. Jordan, I am so fired up tonight. I am ready for the show, episode 292, Smoke Night Live. I don't know what the real... The real number is because we've been kind of like pushing back the numbers, trying to like uh, plan that our 300th episode comes at Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. But it doesn't matter because officially, this is episode uh, 292. Jordan, 292. How we are keep, you? We keep tonight? making them. Keep streaming them. We just keep Wait. doing it. <laughs> Nobody knows why. Always, always. <laughs> just I'm, keep doing I'm it. Always here. We got an audience tonight. Got a studio audience tonight. Got uh, Matt. We've got Dominic. We've got Scott hanging out, doing their thing. What's up, boys? Uh, what's going on over there, Scott? Can you tell us? What are you smoking? Uh, I am smoking the Cigars for Warriors. Oh, nice. Live to Serve from Hiram and Solomon. Very cool. Yeah, giving that a go tonight. Uh, Dominic, what are you smoking? I am smoking uh, some sort of avo that you gave me that is... Ellie 2021 is dope. Very good, very good. Matt, what do you got going over there? Uh, I am smoking a Guardian of the Farm. There you go. Boom. Super tasty. Matt, you've been on a real Agonorsa kick for like two, three months. I, I don't even know if it's a kick this at this point. You know, You're just, hooked. I'm hooked. <laughs> so dang good. So the boys will be hanging out with us tonight. It's going to be a great show tonight. We've got all sorts of things to talk about. One of the things that we're going to talk about, guys... It's going to be, Jordan, a tequila summer. Tequila summer dojo. You know, here's the thing. Uh, Everybody that watches this show knows that I am a bourbon fanatic. I love my bourbon. I am a purist. I drink it neat. No water. No ice. I love bourbon. It is my absolute favorite spirit. However... Sometimes I feel like Jordan when I wake up, I, like if it feels like I got hit in the face with a shovel. Mm. And so, uh, with tequila and mezcal, you know, uh, the weird thing is, you wake up the next day and you don't. You actually feel better. You feel energized. You feel better than if you hadn't had tequila. You feel better than if you had have you know nothing. So. We decided that this summer we're going to take a deep dive into tequila. Now, Dominic just went to the store and he grabs. What did he. Matt, can you hand me what. Uh, can you hand me that bottle? So, the next, the next one on tap, folks, is the Mezcal Vago. I'm digging this one. Um, that's going to be on tap tonight. So, I'm going to invite all of you guys that follow the show and that participate. In the Facebook group, because you guys are all so sweet to us. 
I feel like more appropriately it should be Mezcal Summer because that involves tequila, but Tequila Summer sounds better. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, it, yeah, tequila, tequila Summer, summer. just has a cool Sounds ring cool. to it. has a ring Mezcal to it. Mezcal Summer. Right. right. But I feel like we what's actually going on is Mezcal Summer. Now, I haven't had this one, Jordan. I, I'm, I've taken a couple sips, and finally, I'm, I'm liking the Mezcal. This one's got some stank on it. It's got a little bit of that barnyard kind of muskiness to it that I've been hearing That's about. That's what we want. We want something to well, challenge. We want something to challenge the palate. Um, hey, by the way, I think everybody wants to know. Everybody wants to know. Last week on the show, Risty was in studio. Risty Rostevsky of JSK Cigars was in studio. And he, uh, he gave away, anybody who shared the show, he was going to give, he said he was going to give away 20 boxes of cigars to some random person. And the person who won was Karen Hughes out of California, and hey, she is going to get a box. And Risty told me it was twenty six pounds. The box was twenty six pounds of cigars. So Karen, when you get that, we want to see pictures. So we want to see unboxing. Does that mean that uh, Omar has to give away like twenty one boxes of cigars exactly. tonight? Exactly. That uh, that's exactly what <laughs> we're. Gonna... I like what you guys are going. With. That's exactly <laughs> what we're going to get to. And so tonight on the show, one of our good buddies is back on the show. We've had him on a few times. One of the most hilarious guys in the industry, and one of the, one of the nicest guys in the industry, uh, Omar De Frias from Fratello Cigars. Omar, welcome back to Smoke Night Live, my friend. Guys, I'm excited. This is uh, this is always so much fun to uh, spend a, a beautiful Friday night chilling, smoking, drinking, and uh, and enjoying a good conversation. So, thank you for the invite, Omar. I'm Omar, so fired up tonight. Oh, Omar, Uh-oh. you got those headphones? Where's those headphones you had? We got you got to get those back in, dude. We we went through this. That was all part of the pre <laughs> the pre show. <laughs> I thought that NASA would have taught me a thing or two. Yeah, right? this guy's a freaking uh, he's a rocket scientist. He doesn't know how to put his air. No, I'm just teasing you. No, Omar, we're 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 glad to have you back on the show because you got a lot of stuff going on, which we're gonna get into in the show. Yes. Um. But let's just uh, first a uh, cover some housekeeping. How has the you know the last few months been for you? What was the end of 2020 like for you? And now we're entering 2021. How are things going at the Fratello headquarters? I'm gonna tell you this, man. It uh, we are definitely enjoying um, for sure the growth that this industry is experiencing. It has been. Can you guys hear me good? It's not, yes. Not oh, yeah. You sound great. Beautiful. Uh, it's no longer the the situation that we had in the past, guys, where it was just constantly, especially for last year, when uh, you're such a heavy brick and mortar brand. It's really nice to have just a great, uh, greatest start in the year when people are, you know, out there. They're buying more cigars. They're getting a chance to spend more time at, at home and spending more time with the family. So. Uh, you know, we're, we're having a record number of years, so it's uh, it's all good. And I'm happy to be here with the dojo and uh, chilling and smoking and relaxing. Now, I I myself am smoking the uh, Inverso, or the Beautiful. Fratello Inverso right here. Smoking that. Jordan, what do you got fired up? I have not fired up yet, but I got the just old school, the OG, but it's the Boxer Dish. Boxer Beautiful. Dish. 
And oh, and Omar, what have what have you got tonight? Fratello Bianco. There you go. Ah, uh, the Fratello Bianco. Questionable chocolate, guys. Oh, there you go. We just did a. Uh, we're doing a chocolatey segment on Flavor Odyssey, so that might be a good <laughs> choice in that. Hey, uh, Omar. Uh, what do you, you, you mentioned, and, and, and I think it's sort of universally everybody that we bring on the show has said the same thing that, um, you know, it's been a uh, sort of banner year in the cigar world. And obviously, the most obvious answer to that is people have been home with, you know, more time to spend and therefore maybe uh, more cigars to smoke. Do you think that that's the main driving factor as to why uh, uh, sales are up for everybody? I think it was the impact from last year. I think there was a, we, we carry through a, uh, a different environment at home. Like people were just getting a chance to have more time with their families and more time. And the wife didn't want them to go out or their girlfriend didn't want them to go out. And all of a sudden the guy is like, you know, well, I got to smoke somewhere. So, you know, some, some things, some uh, some regulation in in, uh, in people's homes got ris- you know got lifted, uh, no FDA in people's homes that's for sure. So it was one of those things that I, I believe is you know carried through. Now brands like myself, we're a very heavy brick and mortar brand. Um, we obviously do business online, but uh, you know we got impacted on, in March, April, um, and a little bit of May due to the pandemic. But during that time, our brick and mortars were selling cigars. The majority. You know, you had obviously the crazy governors of like, you know, Maryland. Uh, it's literally, this is a tri-state area where we live. We've got Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. We had less cases in Virginia than they did in Maryland. Uh, yet the Maryland governor said, no, it's okay. That's just, you know, everything that's non-essential, let's go ahead and close it. You know, that includes cigar cigar shops. So some cigar shops were closed for 10 weeks. And uh, the Virginia government never, you know, really closed cigar shops. So cigar shops in Virginia flourished. So I think there was a little bit of that across the board. Yeah. Now, you know, the funny thing about this, Omar, and I I know, Jordan, you've got some strong opinions on this as well. I do. Yeah. uh, There there was some sort of good things that happened and came out of the pandemic. And one of those things is you can buy a cocktail at a restaurant. And put it in a cup in your car and just take it home with you. Like, you couldn't do that in the past. Like, come on. Like, that's something that we should maintain. We should keep that rule, Omar. And from from here to eternity, like, that's something that we should uh, maintain. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So drinking and smoking is is something that uh, I think we all enjoy. Yeah, it does seem like, you know, from the online retailers to the brick and mortars. uh, I know the brick and mortars were impacted because some of them got closed down, but more people are smoking cigars. So if you did like the curbside or whatever, like people were just buying more cigars to smoke. And I know that affected me too. Like, you know, the week you, there was a time when, you know, we really couldn't travel around that much. And so you hung out in your backyard and, and smoked a cigar. Now, uh, Omar, one of the, uh, the news stories that came out this week was from you guys. And you, uh, you repackaged the camo, uh, as your bundled cigar into uh, yeah. 25 count uh, bundles um, from 15, right? They were 15 before. Um, yeah. So, uh, what was the uh, the impetus of that? What was the uh, the plan behind that? We got a lot of feedback from the customers, um, from our, our retailers. People would uh, would pick up the bundle and they think, oh, you know, this is. They see it as a bundle. They see it in the shelf, and they're looking at it and say, 
well, this has less cigars than what I usually buy. Yeah, but it's also a little cheaper, you know, which was the initial strategy, guys. So the initial strategy was for me to uh, put a bundle that was long filler, great cigar. I mean, you guys, um, the Dojo did a rating on, on the blue, and, uh, and we received other ratings across the board, and it has been very successful for us. But the people were saying, I, I kind of wanted more. So I was hoping, well, okay, so just buy two bundles, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but that never really that never really happened. And so uh, I got a lot of feedback from a lot of our customers saying, it would be great if you repackage it to like 25. And so we did, and um, it's coming out now in August. Now, the whole idea behind the camo, folks, um, it, it's, it's a lot like factory smokes from Drew Estate, which is another popular brand. Um, and some of the stuff, obviously, that J.C. Newman does. These are cigars that are $3. And so, um, you know, when you see the rating of, you know, 76 or 5 or whatever we gave that cigar, that, th that isn't a bad rating because really that's sort of where a bundled cigar should lie in, in, in reality when you compare it to, you know, a premium cigar. So the, the idea behind Camo with the three different uh, wrapper types is, hey, this is a cigar that you can uh, fill your humidor with, uh, fire one up without having to worry too much about if you have enough time to smoke it. Um, you know, that's what a bundled cigar is meant to be, Omar. Yeah, yeah 100%. And, I, and listen, the other, the other thing behind the bundle for me was I, I personally believe that, you know, you can have a good cigar on, you know, between 3 and $5. It's all long filler, right? So, I, uh, I was doing a lot of analysis on the industry because I did want to get into this, into this part of the house, and, uh, and I, but I wanted to be different. I think every single bundle, no offense to any other company that is out there right now, with very, very, very few exceptions, it just screams cheap. You look at some of these bands, man, and it's just like, the, it's just, it's, it looks just, to me, the branding is not... You know, there was not a whole lot of thought process to say, just to say the least. So what I wanted to do was, I analyzed it. I analyzed basically every single product that was out there. I smoked way too many bundle cigars, <laughs> probably way too much. Probably will not do it again in a while. But I did it because I wanted to get a sense of how did I fit in uh, with my cigars. How could I kick some? You know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted to kick some butt with it. I wanted to get a chance to get my cigar to have you know, some more flavor. And then on top of that, also make it, you know, make it different, make it more unique. And so you guys have seen the branding behind it. It is, it's, to me, it's very cool. It's got that nice camel blue. Uh, it's got that nice camel verde and the, and the nice camel rosso on it. It just looks, it just looks unique. And so I've gotten a lot of accolades on it, and and uh, and that was that was the major intent behind the camel. Now uh, we've had guys on the show in the industry, and they say getting into the sort of the bundled world is, uh, in their words, uh, crazy. Uh, that's a it's a tough um, aspect of the market, a tough segment of the market to be in. Why is that a tough segment of the market to be in? So I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I've heard it. That's why I was like nodding. Yep. I heard. Yes. Yes. That's, that's, that's something I keep on hearing, but I, I, I heard the exact same thing when I was coming into this industry in 2013, there was a hundred new brands at the IPCPR back then and, and hundreds of new cigars being launched. 
looking at a at a at a cigar shop as a brand new you know as an as a brand new brand and looking that you represent basically 0.5% with the amount of boxes that you currently have to be able to penetrate is another crazy thing so it's 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 one of those things that i believe it's you know i, I i'm up for i want to create uh, things that are unique flavors that are that are great i want to challenge i love the fact that you said that because it's actually part of like a, a hashtag i want to challenge people's palates and i want to compete i want to come I, I you know i'm a competitor from you know since i was like 10 years old i've been playing basketball that's what i want to do so it's um is it a is it a different ball game is it a different strategy that we have to use absolutely uh, is it something that um that I feel has a a niche and a niche that keeps on growing, especially now that people are smoking more uh, and and people are smoking more cigars. Every single cigar, guys, you got to bear in mind, the majority of cigars are smoked in the United States of America under four dollars, four dollars, right? So uh, it, it, it's it's a it's a it's a comp- it's a competition that I welcome, you know, happily. Yeah, and obviously, you know, um, as most folks know, that's not the only uh, segment of the market that you attack. And, um, you know, your your main thing is the premium cigar world. Right. And our number six cigar of the year just this right. year was the Arlequin, which is right. a, uh, if you haven't had that cigar yet, um, yeah. I challenge you to smoke it and uh, not think that you're getting a, a little bit of a banana uh, sweetness flavor from that cigar. And I say the same thing about the Avo Ritmo, which also has uh, Peruvian tobacco in. Both of those have Peruvian tobacco in there, right? Yeah. I don't know if, yeah. if, the, if that Peruvian tobacco is that, is that banana component, but um, I love that uh, little bit of sweetness in the Arlequin. That's a fantastic cigar. But which do you find to be uh, the tougher segment to attack from a uh, cigar manufacturer? Being in the... Um, the sort of the budget stick with the the camo or or working on those high end premiums like the Arlequin. So I, I I believe both have equal challenges, right? I mean I think one of the one of the one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest issues I find when I'm introducing a new brand is I always think who am I selling this to? What do they want? And how do I you know, differentiate this cigar from everybody else. So I think, so the questions that I ask myself when it comes to every brand, doesn't matter if it's the, if it's under, you know, the less expensive cigars or if it's a cigar that I'm trying to hit between the eight to 10, or I'm hitting that 15 to 20 to 25, uh, you know, range cigar in terms of cost, in terms of, you know, the price uh, that the consumer is paying. I feel like everything, every single one has, exact same challenges the the challenge obviously becomes more on the visual aspect of when you somebody goes inside the humidor and they are thinking a brand that they have had for years so when it comes to the premium side you know people are coming in and they're they're no the legacy brands and that's why last year you know some of the smaller brands you know they we, t- we took a we took a larger hit because people were doing more curbside people were doing you know, uh, more, more shipping and, you know, a lot of people, and I was even on the phone call with uh, my German distributors and this happened very much to them as well. Um, it was much harder to suggest a brand like most smaller brands are and uh, than it is to sell them on a crystal or it was to sell a, a, a Partagas or, a, you know, any of these 
you know, uh, you know, more established legacy brands, right? And so for a smaller brands, right, which we depend a lot on the communication from the retailer to the consumer to let them know, hey, you know, have you ever tried, you know, this particular cigar? And then you tell them a little bit of the story so that they can remember it. The end result where growth happens to just next level is when a consumer walks inside the humidor and thinks, the Florida Dominicana, you know, Fuente, Fratello. Get to the point where they're thinking that particular brand, because people don't think what past that three, right? They're going inside and they're thinking, what are some of their go-to cigars, right? And then they're willing to try something else. In the, in the bundle side of the house, it's the exact same thing. They're thinking their quorums, they're thinking, you know, uh, Florida de Oliva, they're thinking, you know, Fratello Camo, right? Getting into that segment is the exact same, it has the exact same um, uh, difficulty of path to market as it is on the premium side. That's my personal point of view. Now, Omar, when you when you walk into because I know that you're you're just a cigar smoker like the rest of us. I, I yeah. know you. I've hung out with you, and um, you know you you you're just a regular guys guy. And when you walk yeah. into you know your local humidor, and there's a bunch of guys sitting around smoking, and you realize the mass of options that these guys have at right. the shop. You know, you, you can smoke Fuentes and Padrones and Espinosa and all the, the other ones that are, are so popular. And you sit down there and you see a guy that's taking the time to buy, you know, a nine to twelve dollar cigar and it's it's a it's your brand. It's Fratello. Um that's gotta make you feel good and it has to make you sort of realize, hey, like like you know, I can sit here with these guys, and they picked that without me, you know, trying to sell that to them. They picked that on their own volition. That's got to make you feel pretty good, and it also makes you sort of maybe understand a little bit as to, you know, where you fit in the overall scheme of this industry. 100%, man. That's what that what you literally just said right there between that and every single time I wake up in the morning and I go through some of our social media and the things that we have done and the things that people have been connecting with us, the, the, the things that make my day are hands down those things, right? I go inside the humidor and somebody, you know, I've been in, in humidors before, it's like, and they're asking, what are some of your favorite brands? And I'm literally right there. It's like, oh, I love this particular brand, but I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Fratello. And hearing that, my God, it's like, it's just next level thing for me, right? And so um, I, 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 always, I, always, I always find incredible pride in the fact that somebody chose, not only chose the cigar, is going to spend their money, their hard-earned dollars, right, um, and dedicating an hour, an hour and a half of their life to, to do something that we worked so hard for. So for me, guys, that is just the, the, the ultimate, you know, the ultimate, uh, uh, the ultimate prize for, for, some, for you know, the, the, the level of work and the level of dedication that we, dedic that we do uh, when it comes to our brands. Now, when I do get a chance to connect and, 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 and ask that, that consumer, just like you said, Eric, when I get a chance to ask that consumer, it's like, just why? The number one thing that I always hear is nothing to do with, you know, magazines or, you know, the fact that, you know, I, I, I got the highest rating ever in the world. It always comes down to the retailer or uh, or a fellow smoker, right, 
and the dojo or, or their community or the guy that they've been smoking with and say, have you tried Fratello? And it's like, what? No, I don't, I don't think I have. Dude, you're going to love If you love that, if you love the Maduro, try this Maduro. You all of a sudden, you're going to love it. And immediately, guys, that, that, that is, that's like the number one thing to obviously get someone to try something very unique. Now, when we come back from commercial break, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Omar's, uh, some of his new ventures, Jordan. Ooh. And uh, these might surprise some people if you haven't heard what uh, Omar's got his fingers into uh, lately. Um, but, folks, this show is sponsored by JR Cigars, one of the world's largest online cigar stores. JR's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars to incredibly high-end boxes, plus a large selection of cigar accessories. This year is JR Cigars' 50th anniversary, Jordan and Omar. They will be celebrating all year long with amazing promotions, contests, sweepstakes, and several limited-run projects, which we've seen uh, coming out lately. Um, with some of your favorite manufacturers. Join JR in celebrating 50 years of excellence and stock up on your favorite uh, cigars today. Speak, you know, my read's not nearly as Can good as Randy's. Can you do that one in Spanish? But the, the, if you watched Flavor Odyssey last this past Wednesday, we forced Randy to do the read in Spanish. It was incredible. <laughs> was that incredible, John? Oh, it's a must-see. If you you got to go, go back. back. Watch it. Go back and, and watch. Love it. Uh, I would love to watch this. It was absolutely hilarious. the The entire show is good, but the read, Randy's uh, commercial read in Spanish, amazing. Now, Omar, fifty years for Jr. Uh, cigars. Uh, that's that's a feat uh, from for any business at all. Let alone, I mean, and being in the cigar industry, which is so challenging, we all know the hurdles that we have to jump through. Uh, imagine uh, Fratello in 50 years. What would you hope to see in 50 years from now? My uh, my biggest my my the ultimate goal would be, you know, hopefully, you know, by that time I'm guaranteed gonna be dead. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm going to wow, be that dead, was dark. Okay? <laughs> that was really dark, bro. But, but from from the grave, okay. I will not be turning over as long as my daughter or my son at some point get a chance to have or see a cigar smoker and that cigar be a Fratello, bro. That's my goal. I want, I want people to, I want my, my family, I want you know, people I love to know that what we had done for so many years and the sacrifices that we've done, you know, can do something like that. So, come, you know, my God, huge shout out to JRs and they're good friends, they're good partners of ours. And uh, and in uh, in this incredible feat, yeah. Uh, now, Omar, um, the the sort of recent news uh, you actually talked about this on our last show when you were on, but now it's sort of come to fruition. Is you've uh, delved into the beer industry, uh, and you, you, you yeah, you can go to uh, fratellobeer.com right now and uh, check it out. It's a really slick website. Uh, Omar, you have a IPA, you have a hazy IPA, and you have a Mexican lager. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Fratello beer. Man, I'll tell you, I, super, super. I'm stoked about this. Uh, about some, you know, this. I've been working on this for a long time. I, I, I've always been very honest with everyone. I've never considered myself, you know, master blender. I consider myself 
you know, a, a, a brewer. I, 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 for me, it's all about palate, right? So if I don't connect with it, it's, it's not coming to market. So what I did do was I launched the, uh, this is the Fratello brand new classical yeah. IPA. Okay, beautiful 6.1 ABV. It is phenomenal. It's got a beautiful, um, it's got a, it's got great fruit that is in balance. You know, the, the, the bitterness, the bitterness behind it is not overwhelming. Um, there's some, but it's just phenomenal. I got the brand new Imperiale Hazy IPA. Now that's my jam. There we go. Uh, there we that's, go. That's my jam, Omar. Hazy IPA. That's where I go. Let's send you some because uh, I would love for you to guys check check it out. And guys, please give me your thoughts because I would love to hear it. And then it just crisp, refreshing, you know, cedar bitterness, full flavor, smooth Mexican lager. So we got uh, we 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 built this lineup primarily because obviously I'm a huge fan of beer um, and and a huge fan of what has happened with the craft uh, uh, beer explosion in this country, but also because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of anything that can challenge my palate. And this was something that I could get my hands on and do it and, and, and do a, a great job behind it. And, you know, we've been able to land great distribution right now being sold in 17 total wines here in Northern Virginia. We've got uh, distribution in Louisiana and working on a few other States. So it's pretty exciting stuff. You guys check it out for All right. So what's, what is the end game with the, with the beer, uh, you know, aspect of your, of your company, where do you want to go with this? So my, my, my primary goal when I launched the Fratello, uh, the Fratello beer, and this is in awful honesty was, uh, I launched a uh, Russian Imperial stout in 2018. And, uh, when I launched that, it was, it was something that I did primarily because I wanted to utilize this uh, beer for some of the tastings and some of the things that we were working on. And, I wanted to I wanted to do a pairing. This is at this time I was thinking um, and I was already working on launching my YouTube channel, which is called Imperfect Pairings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to do something where I could, uh, you know, bring people options. I wanted to challenge people's palates. I wanted to push the limit on some of these things. And so launched that and it went great. Um, then immediately after that, we launched a, uh, a hazy IPA, uh, which was released last year, and it flew like that. People connected with the beer. They love the flavor. They love the finish on it. And um, you know, I don't, I don't promote, you know, the fact that I did a pairing for this beer with the Fratello Oro. The, and the reason I don't do that is because I want sort of the beer. I wanted the beer to sort of stand on its own. But because I did that pairing, and because I wanted those flavors to, you know, more flavors to flourish, people were just really connected. So I just wanted the beer to have it stand alone. When I saw how fast that went, I was like, all right, maybe we got a business here. <laughs> so got the honest truth. And all of a sudden, I, you know, I, I started spending a little bit more time with it, understanding, you know, uh, path to market and, uh, and, and get a chance to start growing this, or, this thing organically. So. Now, so, who, you know, oh, can I throw? Oh, 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 we got three questions ah! going at the same time. Oh, Matt, go ahead. There we go. Uh, audience, say, audience question. How do us lowly Coloradans get some of this beer? Well, he brings yeah. it to the dojo party in Rocky Mountain Cigar. <laughs> I mean, that would be come on, Boom. optimal. Actually, we should make that happen. Yes, I think we should make that happen one hundred percent. Now, along those same lines, Chad T. Chad says, "Can you buy this at the brewery where it's at, where this is brewed?" I think he's local. 
Yes, it's a local brewery. We call it's Adroit Theory in uh, Percival, Virginia. So you can definitely get it there. Uh, we are we are now in in a production schedule. So when we when we launched the first beer, it was just a one off. Let's see how it goes. Kind of play around with it. Um, you know, don't do something unique with a brand. And then this year, it's now in a full production schedule. So we had uh, we had the first 270 cases produce um and basically everything is you know by by now it's already gone uh the next schedule comes in july and then the next schedule comes august 15th so now it's just now it's just trickling out so you know you want to be in that flow all right so so what style of the hazy ipa is this would this be the the east coast style the west coast style what, what what are we expecting when we have the hazy IPA it's a beautiful, me. beautiful New England style IPA. Um, it's got, it's got a, to, to, the way that I can, the best way for me to describe um, this hazy is, you know, it's, it's, it's literally an explosion of pineapple without that citrus. I mean, it's just the, it's hard sometimes to, for me, and it's been a struggle. It's like, how do you control that bitterness sometimes when it comes to to this, right? And so depending on the yeast that you're using um, and, and, and the flavors, that you are looking to achieve. Um, there's so many things. Now, the struggle with a hazy is obviously you guys know is like, it's the shelf, the shelf life is, you know, three, three months to top six. So the, wherever you're placing it and wherever you're doing, you got to make sure that these guys are taking care of it and, and, and that it's, uh, and, and that it's going, you know, pretty fast. So there is a level of investment that you got to do to obviously make sure that it, it starts going out the shelf. Cause the last thing you want to do is have a, you know, one of these beautiful hazies, you know, spent 12 months, you know, on the shelves. And, uh, and, oh, and, and Omar, tr- oh, trust me, we we know the struggle because when we travel with Randy Griggs, you know, he's the our beer expert. He works for 21st Amendment Brewery and he's a, a literal beer uh, expert. And when we travel with Randy and we go to Vegas or wherever we go, We'll spend four, five, six hours, huh, Jordan, like trying to find beer that's uh, <laughs> fresh enough for yes. Randy's, uh, you know, his very, very strict. Uh, it's not fun. It's, he's a Randy sort of. Knows. Now, now, Jordan, Jordan has some strong, strong feelings about hazies and juices. No, I just, I feel like there so many, so often they're, they're just labeled hazy or juicy, and that doesn't really get across what's, what's going on. Like, I, if I feel like if it's a New England style, uh, if it said New England, I would know what I was what I was purchasing, you know, because you could make you could make a juicy beer, and it's not hazy, and you could make a hazy beer that's not juicy, but mm-hmm. you combine those two, I feel like that's called New England style IPA. Mm. So the hazy and the juicy together is what makes the New England that's style. That's New England. So based on what Omar said, it sounds like his it's a New England. his hazy would meet your criteria. So we got to get some yeah, of that. You're gonna we, love it. Now, I love it, Jordan. Now, now, Omar, um, how much do you have to do with this this uh, brewing process? Is it sort of like cigars? Now I know we do cigars. You know we've done I don't know twenty one, twenty two uh, different cigars, and I'm certainly no master blender, but. We do have a lot of input into the final product, um, and sometimes more than others. Uh, when we did our Hoya de Nicaragua, Jordan, that took us two and a half years of blending <laughs> that cigar to get what we wanted with the Hoya de Nicaragua, the, the Hoya de Ninjaragua. What we wanted, Omar, in that cigar was to taste like the, 
the, you know, the the absolute nucleus of what a Nicaraguan cigar should taste like. So, like, we had a lot to do with that blend, and we worked it and worked it and worked it and pushed those guys and Juan Martinez and all those guys, and eventually we came up with that really good chocolatey, what I think is the the perfect uh, expression of a Nicaraguan cigar. So how much do you have to do with these beers, uh, putting the Omar fingerprint, if you will, Absolutely. on these beers? So the way, the way I, uh, we came across all three of these beers was actually an easier and a simpler process than it is for me and cigars, right? I mean, it takes me years, obviously, to launch something new and get something on the market, right? And then my experience, obviously, when it comes to cigars is, um, is, is more vast just because of how much and, and how involved I've been with the industry, right? But when it, came to beer, when it comes to beer and getting into the craft uh, part of the house, for me, it was only one thing, and it was palate. How did this beer impact my palate when I would smoke a cigar? And then depending on the cigar that I would smoke, I would basically um, choose which one I would prefer. So the way that I personally did this was, so the guys at Android, they're always constantly, they're, 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 not, they're not in the business of doing the exact same, you know, brand of beer every time. They always, they're always launching different beers. They're, they're using different yeasts. They're using different ingredients. They're playing with the oats. They're playing with some of the, with, you know, some of the fruit that's going in and what is not. And so that's what I found obviously so uh, fascinating about this brewery, right? So what I ended up doing was out of the beers that they had already produced, I started basically giving them input on the things that I personally enjoyed and why not. So when I tell you that I probably gained like 20 pounds in this process. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not lying. Like, right now, I'm still trying to lose this freaking weight. I'm, it's out of control. Like, I have to stop drinking for like two weeks so oh, that I can get Omar, my body. This, Omar, this is not a good commercial for your beer. <laughs> I'm telling you, if people out there don't know the effect of a beer on your body, come on now, people. You should by now. 370, you know, calories, hazies, 150 on some of these bad boys. So you should know. So I'm drinking beer, guys. Like it's going out of style on some of the styles that they have already produced, right? So for then I, you know, for me, it's all about you know taking notes, writing down. How do we get a chance to put, you know, uh, you know what I enjoyed about this particular beer, what I did, what I hated about this other one, and how the combination, you know, what what was the combination and the effect in my palate of some of these other ones. And so based on my input, you know, these guys, I take my hat off to them because it is incredible the level of detail and the level of performance and the amount of just the 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 right uh, product mix to get to what I uh, you know ended up uh, choosing now a lot of you know in a couple of times you know the the beer that came out wasn't exactly what I had hoped but you know you you deal with some of those things and and you know how you do it and stuff like that and then you drink a whole bunch of batches <laughs> but then after that you basically you basically do some you know other tweaks and then um, and then things come out. The one very big positive, guys, about this is that you know you do a batch, and, and one of these and one of these things comes out with 80, 90 cases of the potential to do 80, 90 cases of a of a particular style of beer. The the, the movement and the consumption of beer, especially this past year and a half, has been so massive that 
we would launch, we would potentially, we would do a batch based on something that I personally enjoyed and that they had already, you know, taken notes and selected some of the things that I worked on. And it wasn't my personal favorite. They was like, that's not a problem. Let's just going to put it in the back and, you know, salt like this Mm. and like literally the tasting room within a week and a half. Yeah. The, 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 the uh, turnaround time on beer is much quicker than, uh, oh. With cigars or with uh, like a spirit, with say bourbon or whatever, like you can, you know, you can turn that around, change the blend in a much quicker amount of time. Oh my God, it's 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 fast, and also it, it you know the good thing is it, it was also you know this is this isn't cheap, obviously. You know, if all of a sudden I'm I'm not happy with a particular batch, that was also a part of the conversation that we would have. It's like. The, the guys were still relaxed. They're like, dude, it's, it's okay. We, we, we'll put it in the tapper on the back. If you don't like it, we'll do another one. We'll figure that out until you're happy with it. And that's exactly what happened. It happened a few times, and uh, but but the result was fantastic. So we're going to have some really cool stuff for the dojo on this whole thing. Now, let's do a quick uh, Mezcal update, Jordan, because this Mezcal that Dominic just brought into the studio is really good. It's stinking good. It's got – this is more what and, Jack Hire was talking about. I think what he wanted us to try because yes. it's got some a little bit of funkiness Does it have to that it. Have the stank? You get the stank. It's got a little stank to it. <laughs> it's got a little stank to it. I like that. Uh, all right. So Omar, um, you 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 want to talk about a little bit about the Imperfect Pairing Show? Maybe uh, some promotions yeah. and giveaways that we could do for Dojo Nation. How can yeah. folks become part of this movement, this Fratello movement that I am a part of because I'm a huge fan. Thank you. Um, guys, I, I, I'm definitely going to do a very cool giveaway, okay? So you guys are going to get a chance to try some of this stuff. But my biggest thing is I want, uh, you know, the guys out there, uh, the Dojo Nation, to check out my show my, 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 on YouTube, Imperfect Pairings. And we're going to do a giveaway. So hey. everybody's ready. We're going to do it. We yes. have, like, a little drum there. Drum roll. I, can, I can go drum roll There right it now. is. There's the drum roll. Hey! I got it. So we're going to do a giveaway. Um, anybody who subscribes and follows our at Fratello Cigars, uh, you know, uh, um, Instagram page. So just go on at Fratello Cigars Instagram. Go on at Fratello Beer. Uh, check that out and do that little follow. Click on follow. Just three things. And, uh, and, 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 and click on that subscribe button on Imperfect Parents. We're going to do a very cool pairing. We're going to select... Uh, you know, uh, we're going to select a winner and the winner is going to have walk out with, you know, beautiful four, four pack of beer. They're going to walk out with cigars. They're going to walk out with lighters. They're going to walk out with uh, with ashtrays. And who knows? Maybe I'll choose two. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it depends on how excited I am and how many of these bad boys I'm drinking. Maybe <laughs> we should three. Who the hell knows? So just go in, do that subscription. Uh, give us that uh, give us that thumb up in, uh, in Imperfect Pairings on uh, on YouTube. You know, check out that at Fratello Cigars and our at Fratello Beer, and then uh, and I look forward to uh, selecting a winner in uh, in a following show. All right, so let's uh, recap the things that they have to do. They have to uh, follow you on Instagram. They have to subscribe on YouTube, and then the third thing is Fratello Beer. All right, they just got to go, Fratello Beer. They just got to well, just go look at it or what? Like, no, just just follow it. That's it. Oh, okay. That's all we got to do. All right, so yeah. you just follow those things, and you're automatically entered to win. You're yeah. gonna get a, a nice <laughs> just look at it. Just look at it. 
<laughs> I looked at it. I swear. That's one of the requirements. I swear to God, I looked at I it. I saw it. I saw that thing. I looked at it. It's beer. Uh, all right. So, um, so everybody, please uh, do that either right now while you're watching or um, after the show, whatever. Because I know uh, uh, Omar, you're you're a big Dojo verse guy, and I think that yeah. that that really makes a lot of the uh, some the of the commenters were bringing that up. How cool yeah. that is! Yeah, because Omar, he's he's involved. He's he's doing yeah. his thing now. Bill Powers wants to know: Is Fratello Beer going to the moon, doggy yes. coin style? So no no moon landing for the <laughs> for, for the beer, unfortunately, guys. And uh, trust me, I uh, I still have some connections at NASA. And uh, that's something that I have considered many, many times because <laughs> I would be the best-selling beer in the world after that. Uh, but uh, but not 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 in the immediate future. But thanks for the uh, thanks for the nudge. Maybe I'll hit some of these guys up. All right. Uh, so I think um, Omar, it's time to move on to uh, other topics. Are you a crypto coin guy? Do you get into crypto coin at all? No, absolutely no. not. No. Absolutely <laughs> not. It's it's uh, come on. I'm a, I'm a very. I'll tell you why. I'm a very heavy. Um, I'm not, I'm, a, I'm actually a, um, a pretty active investor in the in the stock market. Uh, I, I follow, you know, Warren Buffett. Call me old, and probably am. But call me old, but I follow Warren Buffett's, uh, um, you know, advices, you know, evaluate if it's stock. And you know, I do the math. I evaluate if the stock, you know, is, is undervalued. And if it is, and I think it's I don't even look at the price of the stock. I look at the company. I look at the financials. I evaluate if the stock is, you know, what I believe the stock price would be. And then, uh, uh, you know, I come out with a number, then I compare it. And if it's at a discount, I buy it. I mean, as simple as that. Yeah, but- Oh, uh, Warren Buffett didn't like Apple until like two years ago. He's he's so old. <laughs> you, can't, you can't you can't you can't be you can't be perfect, right? But with a buy a Berkshire Hathaway, you know, back in the seventies, you'd be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think it's time, Jordan. We get to our weekly top three. Oh, weekly top three. Weekly top three. Uh, Omar, the weekly top three is the top three conspiracies that may or may not be true. Now, what I'm going to do, Omar, is I'm going to tell you the, the three, and I'm just, we're just going to talk about each one. And we're going to see, like, uh, which one is, is this, A, uh, completely, absolutely, ridiculously not true, uh, B, maybe there's something to this, or C, this is for sure true. Like, this absolutely is true. So we'll start with the very first one. Uh, Omar, what are the chances that a... Bigfoot actually exists, a Yeti. No chance in hell. The only one I know, <laughs> you know, lives in New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, baby. Steve Saka. <laughs> now, now, if if somebody was like super into Bigfoot, Omar, what would what would your argument be to them that no, this this is for sure not true? Don't believe in walking animals, okay, people? Don't believe in, like, these uh, gigantic human-like walking animals, okay? The only one I know and that I have seen is called a monkey, okay? <laughs> that is it. And we came from that. We didn't come from no Bigfoot, okay, people? So forget about it. Do your research and try to, you know, try to figure out something on quantum physics, okay? Because <laughs> that's not true. Now, Jordan, Jordan, what do you think? Uh, what are the odds that there is such a thing as a uh, Sasquatch? I, I don't think... I think zero. Why? There's no proof. Well, I mean, what would you want? What do you, what do you need? You like you, uh, you need an actual like Bigfoot yeah. uh, in captivity? Sure. What about the uh, studio audience? Raise your hands if you think Bigfoot uh, does 
exist. Oh wow, no nobody. I guess I guess the big maybe the big argument Omar would be even if it doesn't exist, you'd think maybe we'd find like you know a dead one or some bones or something. No, Nothing. no way in hell. Nothing. Be more right. unlikely finding a, a dinosaur than that. <laughs> yeah, like even if it did exist at a, a previous time, we would right. find yeah. something. But exactly. anyway, well, that was boring because we, we all agree, <laughs> we all agree. If you're on Facebook and you think that there is Bigfoot, please let us know uh, with a post. All right. Um, this one, uh, Omar, has been in the, the news a lot lately, and it's um, UFOs, because there's been some, some UFO uh, footage from, you know, F-16 pilots and whatnot, and the government is actually commenting on this stuff for maybe the first time in, in history. So we have, there's, I mean, I think we can agree that there's definitely such a thing as an unidentified flying object, but the question becomes... What is that uh, unidentified flying object? Is it A, um, intelligent life from some other you know, part of the universe? Is it B, uh, something that the United States government is working on behind the scenes? Or is it C, uh, something that another government, the Chinese or the Russian government, is working behind the scenes? What do you feel about these recent um, videos that are emerging from the United States government with showing what appears to be some sort of, um, I don't know, uh, uh, high technologically advanced flying objects. Can, can we add something to that question? Yes. Dominic wants to add, which one of those theories scares you the most? Okay, that's an that's a excellent follow-up question. Uh, Omar, what do you think of, of these videos? So, um, you know, these videos have existed for years and, you know, I love, I love the controversy and the things that happen around UFOs because it's, uh, it's exactly that. Like, you know, it's an under, you know, nobody knows the hell is flying out there, right? It's an object that is on, that is out there and nobody, no, no one can have a, an actual explanation for it, right? So, you know, nothing can describe, you know, a UFO better than exactly what those words mean, right? Because nobody knows. The evidence, guys, from what we have, and what, even from what NASA did back in the 70s and the 80s, and putting budgets, and, and, and actually when Congress even stopped putting in, uh, uh, in you know, dollars into the UFO program that actually existed at NASA, you know, we, we still were doing research and still evaluating different things to understand what was going on out there. And, there, and, and the, the proof is not there, right? I mean, the physical, the physical evidence or the evidence to prove this hypothesis is just not, it's just non-existent. Now, it's unidentified. So what, what's the explanation there? Nobody knows, right? And we have, we, but we do know that, th- that we know what 3% of the entire universe is composed of. But where's another ninety-seven percent? We have no idea. So, so there's just so much unknown. If you ask me, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, does exist. They do exist. Yes. All right. Oh, so, wow. wow 100%. That was... Now, Omar... now you're saying they exist, and that's that they're filming them right there, or they exist, and and simultaneously that just happens to be some weird anomaly. I think it's. Uh, I think. I think one of the ones that I thought was the most powerful to answer your question was remember that uh the one with the f-16 where the guy was flying and he you know this thing came through and it, it's like even the pilot is like i don't 
I've never seen it. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know how to describe this. Right? It's just. It's just getting the data. You know, one thing is to have this visual, right? And there's different changes that are happening right in front of your face. The other one is to be able to identify and say, yes. Oh, you know what that is? That's actually a particular uh, spacecraft that actually we built back in the '80s, and this thing is. There's no explanation, and so. But we know that that was there. So right. Now, it, it, now, Omar, um, here's the thing. Uh, recently, the government came out and said this for sure is not um, from another universe, but we think it's a uh, something that another country has developed. Now, my opinion of that is this. There's no way in the world that the government would admit that they had something, that they, another country had something that they don't understand. Why would you ever admit that your arch enemies have some sort of technology that you don't understand? You would never, ever say that. So in my opinion, it is either something that we're doing, that we, that we have, that they don't want to admit that they have, or it's, you know, it's, you know, it's E.T. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the way I look at it. He, he, uh, I'll challenge the I'll challenge the nation right now with something very interesting. So, you know, Mars, right? We 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 have had just a great number of missions that have done amazing in Mars. The one one of the one of those missions and one of those things that occurred in Mars is we know that there were streaks that we could not understand what it was. And there were very, you know, gigantic, um, you know, craters that did not have a relation, uh, that we believe did not have a direct relationship with an asteroid, right? So, which is what the moon is basically packed with, right? It's like, you see all these craters, it's basically asteroids just hitting the moon, right? So, the biggest difference when it comes to Mars is the, in, in its surface, there is like these streaks that tend to, you know, our scientists or scientists tend to believe that have to do with rivers, right? And obviously there were rivers, there was water, there was water, there was, there was life. And so, you know, trying to understand that dynamic on, on a planet like Mars could, that could have potentially actually, you know, what, you know, be a living environment for, 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 for organic and human life. It's just, to me, it's fascinating. And, you know, what's the explanation on the, on the, you know, uh, um, Spitzer, you know, figuring out that there were Earth-like planets in the Milky Way galaxy, places that look, that have a potential atmosphere, that have potential water, from what we can tell, that it has a proximity to the sun, that could figure that this, you know, this out. So not being, you know, the, the technology in the last hundred years, you know, we're still, you know, hanging around on horses, for, God, for goodness sake. Imagine another 100 years for us. We'll be flying the exact same damn machines, guaranteed. So I, I see it as an absolute possibility. All right. Uh, so there you go, folks. From a NASA uh, employee, a former NASA employee, it's possible that uh, those are actually aliens from another planet. Who knows? I, don't, I certainly don't know. The final one. Uh, this one kind of uh, flip-flops for me and you, I think. You know, Omar, the weirdest thing is, like, people from England, most people from, a lot of people from England, the UK, do not believe that we landed on the moon. How do you respond? 
There we go. How? <laughs> I think that's Omar. How do you respond to somebody who says that the United States faked the moon landing? Um, if once people go into YouTube and the first thing that they're gonna do is go and subscribe on Imperfect Pairings, I want them <laughs> to go. I want them to. I want them to type Buzz Aldrin. Kicks yes. guys ass. That's okay. Yes. I want them to start this, okay? That is the greatest. That is my response, people, okay? It's yeah. my response. <laughs> tell that guy, okay? Well, no longer, but what I told to tell him is like, did you actually land? It's like, yes. Every single, I mean, all these documents are out there. Every single evidence of, you know, that, um, you know, every challenge, the whole thing with moving around, the flag moving, and all that shit, and all that stuff. It all has been, you know, explained by 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 our space agency. Yeah. Um, I think I think I think not believing something as simple as that, to be quite honest, when we were able to in less than ten years, you know, build rockets and build machines that 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 just happened so fast, right? I mean, people don't appreciate how much time it can take when it comes to technology, safety, and all of these different things to put someone in lower Earth orbit, right? Are they going to, you know, say, oh, no, we didn't, we, you know, in 1982, we didn't actually build a bird, you know, called a space shuttle that actually took people up to lower Earth orbit and brought them back down. So is it really that hard to believe uh, something like this? And so some of these conspiracy theories, man, it's like, uh, go, please go, check out Buzz, and then kick someone's ass if they tell you we're going to land the moon. <laughs> now, uh, Omar... Don't say it, don't do it, don't do it. I'm just, Omar, I have a follow-up question to that because obviously, I, I uh, some people may or may not know, but my dad actually also worked uh, in the space industry for years and years and years, and so I sort of feel a little like insulted when people say we didn't actually land on the moon because I kind of grew up in this industry, not directly, but through my father, and um, so I kind of know, you know, if 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 something wacky was going on, I kind of feel like. I might know that just through my dad, but what do you think? What do you think is the rationale or the reason behind why they don't believe it? What what motivates this conspiracy? It's people's it's, it's people's desires. I think I believe it has to do with you know that guy or that lady that you know has way too much time on their hands i swear to god this is the reality okay i'm giving it to everyone in dojo nation and everyone in the cigar industry straight they have way too much time on their hands and they have way you know to it's just they've been impacted so much by their lives that they have nothing else to do rather than think about things that you know, that they don't understand, right? And so, or that they feel that they want mm. to prove something to become something of themselves. Right. And so they come up with some of, you know, some of the shit that literally means nothing, <laughs> right? And so they're putting out things like, oh, well, it was a missile that hit the Pentagon. It's like, yeah, go ask the lady that lost her husband in that process and lost her lives when they came in. I mean, come on, right? I mean, there are some things that obviously are government hides from us and all of that good stuff. And, you know, some of these things obviously have come out in, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, whatever that is. Um, you know, maybe something will come out in 40, 50 years, but it ain't going to be that we didn't land on the moon. That's can, something that I can assure you of. But I believe it's, you know, that guy in that mama's basement. I'm telling you, like, remember when the Washington Post, you remember when my article came out, Eric? Uh, 2017, you know, the Washington Post, which never gives any love to the cigar industry or anything dealing with tobacco, the article comes out, has been shared all over the world, 
you know, it was, it was, you know, a whole bunch of people were like, like, who the hell is this guy? What the hell is this guy, guy crazy leaving NASA to sell cigars? I mean, you should have seen the over 200 comments. No other post, by the way, in the Washington Post, um, you know, at least from that past year, had received as many comments as that was. But you should have seen the comments that we got. It's the exact same mama's, you know, guy in the mama's basement, right, that has so much hand in their hands, you know, calling me, oh, you know, leave it to the Washington Post to, you know, uh, uh, promote the merchant of death. And I'm like, what? The merchant of death? <laughs> You know, what the hell is this guy about talking about in tech? Oh, here's the reason for high insurance premiums. I'm like, what the hell? I'm the reason for the high insurance premiums? I mean, the level of crazy comments that were out there. I, I personally loved it. I personally, I, I, it was to me so amusing. And the, 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 the counteract aspect of it as well, where somebody would say, it's like, this wasn't about cigars. It's a story about entrepreneurship. Yeah, it happened to have a little catchy phrase that it says, NASA annually leaves $200,000 a year job to sell cigars. Of course, you've got you to sell a product, right? I get it. But it's, it's that same mentality of someone having way too much time in their hands and you know, trying to prove a point. I think uh, um, <laughs> I'll just add something and see what you think of this. And you sort of touched on it a little bit in your answer, so I agree with what you're saying. I, I think that there also is this weird sense, Omar, of folks that don't feel like they belong anywhere. And so they have this they have this community where they feel like they know something that everybody else in the world doesn't know. And then they find other people that, you know, have that similar bizarre um, opinion. And there's this kind of strange community that starts to form around this opinion because it, it gives them something where they can sort of separate themselves from sort of normal society so or something like that. Yeah, it's sort of like the so, You know, being crazy has got, you know, has their own, you know, uh, you know, society and subculture. You know, it's like we, you know, we love cigars, we love alcohol, we love, you know, all these, uh, all of these pleasures in life. I think it's a subculture, and I think you're 100% right. Once somebody says something... You know, another guy says, oh, my God. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. actually makes a lot of sense. Did the, did the pole move? What? Yeah. I believe this, too. And it's just like they drink the go-go juice. They, they, they go down that path, and they don't care to, 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 to do a little right. more research. It is the, the, tru- the truth isn't as important to them as maybe the community that they've sort of found and fostered in this 100%. sort of bizarre sort of little small sphere of, of influence that they have. All right, Omar, uh, that was great. That was Weekly Top 3. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Oh, pod deck. Uh, yeah, we'll do pod decks too. But before I do pod decks, <laughs> Omar, what's coming up for Fratello in the next six months? What do you got? What's, what can you tell us? Tell us all the secrets. So coming out to PCA, and we have uh, some, some really, really cool stuff. Um, actually, uh, one of those is going to be, uh, we're going to have a new site for Arlie Keen. So um, we have Ooh, not nice. uh, submitted that press release yet and everything like that. So the dojo. dojo Corona Gorda? Uh, there we go. Yes. It, well, we're going to do, uh, do a Gordo. We're going to do a Gordo oh, okay. on, the, on the Arlie Keen. Uh, but we are, well, we are thinking about, uh, you know, something you know, within the line for, an, you know, an exclusive cigar to, uh, you know, for a smaller group of, you know, some of our biggest followers and some of the lovers of the cigars, like, you know, like the, the Fratello uh, Classico and the Oro. And so um, there are some things that are in the works that have been in the works for since last year that sort of got pushed a little bit. But 
uh, I'm looking forward to going uh, to uh, PCA and obviously introducing and making some of these introductions. Awesome. All right. So, folks, as you know, uh, from now on, every show, uh, I have nothing to do with this company, Poddex, but they sent me this deck, and it has questions in it. And so every show, we ask our guests a random question from this deck of cards, and then I burn the question, Jordan, so it'll never, ever, ever be asked again. So uh, since Omar is not in the studio, I will have to pick this card uh, randomly. I'll just sort of pick from the middle here. All right. The pod deck question for tonight for Omar DeFrias from Fratello Cigars is... Oh, this is perfect, Jordan. This is, this <laughs> you is, magician. This is a perfect question for our guest. Uh, what technology do you wish existed? Ooh. Now, while Omar is thinking about that, Jordan... Oh, I, I know. I, I, well, let me get Jordan's answer first. Jordan, what technology do you wish existed? I'm curious oh, to hear what you would say. I should have some. Because you're a tech. I should have some. You're, you're a tech nerd. I, uh, no. no. I feel no, like no. we're both going to be in the exact same boat because last time you and I had the exact same answer. And, and I, so you sort of read my mind. I read your mind. So <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to seeing what you got, Jordan. Let's see. Uh, I've, I mean, uh, I, I wish. I think this is coming in the decade or so. Uh um, drones that can fly, that can handle people. You know, you get an Uber mm. and just and you just fly from place to place. Now that's a good one, and I don't. I I think that's a a realistic, a realistic proposition. I can see ordering an Uber, a drone pulls up, flies up to your house. There's no driver. You hop in it, takes you right to where you want to go. All the drones that are in the sky know where each other one is. So there's literally no. A chance of them running into one another because they are all controlled by their own computers. That's a good one, Jordan. I like that one. Uh, what do you think, Omar? What would be the one piece of technology you'd like to see exist? So when you so in, when you asked, when you said to Jordan that it's like something realistic, then I think I'm going to divide it into one that is something that I would 100% would love to see, but the you know, realistic level is very low. And I'll give you the one where the realistic level is okay. actually right. you know, a little bit higher. Um, the, the, you know, time travel. Mm. I mean, the technology for time travel would be amazing, right? Um, how realistic that is? A uh, little, uh, little bit out there. Uh, but there, you know, it can't happen. Have you ever seen a sci-fi movie? Come on, look at too many paradoxes, right? What eats the light? I mean, these types of things I think are important, right? But then, you know, uh, um, I, you know, it's I think I think something a little bit more more realistic, and I think it, you know, it, it could be, is having the ability to have, you know, I would love to have like a hat. Right? <laughs> you got because one. I would like to have a hat that mm. I put on and somebody else puts on and then you're seeing them, right? Mm. And then they're seeing you and you can tell and know what they're thinking. Ooh. I think that could be potentially, Dude, you know. That, I think that's super scary. Like, I, I don't even know if I would want to know. <laughs> like, I, I might put on your hat and you put on mine and all of a sudden I realize, like, Omar, Omar thinks I'm a total douche. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know that. I, I don't know if I want to know that. What about? I find uh... it fascinating. I, I, find it, I, I find it fascinating ever since I saw that movie with Mel Gibson. <laughs> dream machine. Dream machine. You, it's a similar device, but it's just recording your dreams. In the morning, you could like go check out the highlights and share them around. What if you could download your consciousness into a computer of sorts, and you would then therefore be able to uh, essentially live forever. Live forever in this. That's almost maybe seems scary too, though. I don't know, like if I would want that. I don't know. I, Everything about the entire oh, part of wait, the conversation right, is wait. a little crazy. <laughs> All right, Matt, what do you got? I'm kind of a simple guy. How about a controller that instead of muting it completely, <laughs> oh, it just hey, now the now I like hey. where, I like where Matt's going. Matt is Matt, going with something good. that is 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 practical. It be here. It's practical. A remote control that instead of muting the sound on the TV, you're saying it just... It just turns it just down. Turns it down. You, you have a set level. Yeah. You, you know where you're like... It's a volume switcher. Like a volume switcher, so you can still hear it. You, and you set it. what There's the low is, background noise. Uh-huh. and you set what the high is, and you just switch back and forth. How about where... How about for humans? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... You can Shut think up. of a few people. That's even better. All right, Omar. Hey, I man, I can't thank you enough for taking the time on a Friday yeah, night to... Uh, to join the dojo, uh, everybody, please uh, enter uh, by following uh, Fratello Cigars and Fratello Beer uh, on Instagram and subscribing to their uh, YouTube channel, and you'll be automatically entered to win a sick swag pack. Who knows what you might get? It could be there could be uh, untold things in there, right, Omar? We can't even say oh, some of them. Oh, it's, listen, if I, if I start hitting that, you know, 8.1 ABV IPA, it's <laughs> over. You know, I might be like at 2 o'clock in the morning doing another one of my videos on, uh, on Facebook where, by the way, I, I, I literally probably need to stop recording uh, anything after 11.30 and thinking, hey, I want people to <laughs> go ahead and have, uh, you know, uh, teach them how to cook lobster. You know what I mean? The problem with that is every single time I do that, immediately there's been at least two bottles of alcohol. So, you know, you get some interesting comments, but uh, but definitely I, 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 I appreciate you guys so much. And, and uh, I'm a, I, am a, I am a follower not only of, uh, of you guys and what you guys do, but also of the community. And obviously I'm very... I'm very, uh, I'm very, very connected with with the dojo, and uh, for me, it's always a pleasure to not only join you guys, but also uh, uh, share some uh, some really fun stories. And so, I look forward to uh, doing this again, hopefully uh, soon. Yeah, and we'll see you at uh, PCA in Vegas in just uh, less than a month, or right about a month, hey, baby. Ah, uh, folks, a hey, Wednesday night. Don't go away, Omar. We'll talk to you after the show. Um, Omar DeFrias from Fertella Jordan. Great show. What a guy. One of the coolest dudes uh, that we ever bring on the show. Also, guys, go earn your Fratello badge. Yes, you can earn a Fratello badge on Dojoverse by just smoking and checking into Fratello cigars. Uh, But Wednesday night um, on Flavor Odyssey with Robbie and Randy, uh, the pairing that night is the Wise Man Maduro with the Chocolate Old Fashioned. And Jordan, if I'm correct, a Chocolate Old Fashioned is essentially an Old Fashioned except for the bitters is Chocolate Bitters. Yes. So if you if you know how to make an old fashioned, all you got to do is just change up the bitters to instead of orange bitters, chocolate bitters. Boom! We'll be doing that on Wednesday night. That'll be fun. And then a week from tonight, Jordan, yo, 
George Ramey from Camacho. Oh, man, we're going to be doing some weird stuff. Here we go, folks. A <laughs> uh, week from tonight, we will be eating a scorpion like on a, the show. Like a giant one, too. Like it's not a little scorpion. It's not like a cricket. I mean, these things are big. We'll be eating a scorpion on the show live a week from tonight, so uh, make sure to tune into that. But until then, remember, it's uh, Friday night on the Dojoverse, so uh, grab your uh, your phone, go to dojoverse.com, check into the cigars that you're smoking, share pictures of the drinks that you're drinking. Obviously, you can do some hashtag now playing of the, of the songs that you're listening to as you're having fun on the Dojoverse. I want to thank everybody who's joined us tonight on Facebook and throwing out your comments. We really appreciate you guys uh, more than you'll ever know. Until next week, remember, never, never smoke, smoke alone. alone. We'll see you next week. I mean, is it fast? Oh, it's fast. What about the options? What about the options? It's got all the options. But, like, what about price? It's got to be expensive. Not expensive at all, man. JR's got the greatest deals on cigars and accessories. Check it out. Oh, wow. Look at these. Oh, look at that deal. It's a good price. What are you guys doing in my car? Your car? I thought this was your car. I thought it was your car. Why would it be my car? I don't know. It's not again. We'll get out, but I'm taking this with a JR on the go. No matter whose car you're in, JR Cigar is there for you.